Why choose this green church? I came to TGC because I saw a place where I could grow spiritually and I also saw people who were interested in my well-being in general. They weren't actually trying to force this, um, but it kind of made me stay because I could see that it was genuine. Um, TGC make me feel like this is my home. Like I feel old. I feel like I've always wanted a place where I can showcase myself, where I can be discriminated, where I can express how I feel exactly, and that is what TGV is all about. Everything we do is based on the word of God. We don't manipulate it to our own benefit. Like, we work things and that's what we call That's why I love There you have it. You have an insightful Glory to God. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. So let's share. Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Colossians 1. From verse 7. Colossians 1, this time from verse 7. Okay? Okay, let, let me, let's back up to verse, verse 6. Verse 6. Sorry, verse 3. Okay. We always thank, Colossians 1, verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we pray for you, why? Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and the love that spring from the hope stood up for you in heaven and about which you already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way, you know, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the world. Just as has been doing among you since the day you have heard about it, since you heard it and truly understood God's grace. And truly understood God's grace. Verse 7. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faith minister of Christ on our behalf. Verse 8. And who told us of your love in the Spirit. So I'll start with it tonight. You learned it from Epaphras. You learned the gospel, the Colossians church, let me go to Epaphras. Paul calls him our dear fellow servant, who is a faith minister of Christ on our behalf, and who told us of your love in the Spirit. Amen. So, first of all, okay, um, Romans 10, verse 7, yes, says, Colossians 7 says, you learned it from Epaphras. Okay, so first of all, okay, how do people hear the gospel if there is no preacher? Okay, so, you know, if people will hear the gospel, there has to be people preaching the gospel. Okay? The gospel says, right? But people have to hear the gospel. They have to hear the gospel. Okay? So we must be available as those that God will use, you know, to preach the gospel. Right? From, from Romans 10, Romans 10, Romans 10, from verse 8 to 15. Romans 10, 8 to 15. We are running a commentary on Colossians 1, okay? It started two weeks ago. I gave it to my text, but it's still Colossians 1 commentary that we are running, okay? This is Colossians 1, alright? So now we are on verse 7, okay? Now we'll go back to Romans 10 from verse 8. What does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. This is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Verse 9, that if you declare with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. 11, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 14. Look at that. 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in one in the one of whom they have not heard? Look at that. How can they hear without someone preaching to them? Okay? 
6.15 And how can anyone preach unless they are saved? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now we know that for believers, okay, we are all saints, okay? Christ says in Matthew 23, that should go to the world and make disciples of all nations, okay? So every believer is sent to preach the gospel, okay? So we have to preach. People, if they, if they, if they hear the name, they can then believe on the name and, you know, call on the name and be saved, okay? But how would they call on the name if they don't know about, if they don't know about, about being saved in his name, okay? So we have to not just pray for revival, okay? Not just pray for people to be saved. We must be actively involved in preaching to people, okay? About Christ. Praying over them, okay? So, have, you know, show people that you are, you, are, you are believing for their salvation, okay? So, you pray for them, right? And you speak to them. You pray and you preach to them. You pray and preach to them, okay? So, because how would they hear except as a preacher? The Colossian Church had Epaphras. Who will you preach to? So, going forward, okay? We preach the gospel to the unsaved. Okay? And we say, we teach the gospel to the saved. We preach the unsaved and we teach the saved. Now you say, what's the difference between teaching and preaching? Now in preaching, we just make, make declarations. In preaching, we just tell people, just Christ loves you, he saves you, that's what we just make declarations, okay? We, we proclaim, preaching means to arouse, to proclaim a message, to proclaim a message, to, 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 to proclaim a good news, to announce, okay? But in teaching, right, we go a little further into explaining what it really means. Okay? In teaching, we do um, step by step, line by line, you know, you know, breaking it down into small bits, you know, so that the, the entire concept is properly understood. Now, for the unsaved, may not have the time to do such teaching. And even if we do, they might not fully understand it, okay? Because the gospel is not, is not really, really, really what, what can be fully understood by the unsaved. So, what do we, what do, we do? We, we preach to them, okay? Trusting that there's power in the gospel to get better saved. We, we preach the gospel, we declare it, okay? That Christ paid for your sins, you know. Christ loves you, he wants to care for you. Want, want, you know, we just proclaim it. Okay, we just proclaim the gospel to the unsaved and we teach the saved, okay? Awesome. Now, the believer needs to hear and be taught the gospel over and over and over again. The believer needs to hear and be taught the gospel over and over again. You know, in, in sincerity, it is easy to forget that we are saved by grace to faith. It's so simple. It's so simple that people begin to miss it. It's so simple you can miss it, okay? So, we must begin to be taught over and over. We must by ourselves also study over and over to remember every time that I am saved by faith, by grace through faith, okay? And it is, it is the work of God. I did not earn it, you know, it is fully God's work from the start to finish almost, you know, consistently be taught and hear over and over again the gospel. So that we don't slip into trying to end it by works. Do you understand? So we don't, we don't, we don't sink into sin consciousness. That begin to worry about everything. You begin to worry about, you know, every mistake and worrying if God has left you. Now, if you are well refreshed in the gospel, you'll not be asking, has God left me? You be wondering, no. So we must continually be taught, okay, over and over and over. The essentials, the gospel is the essential, is the essential part of Christianity, okay. So it's a one topic that must keep hearing over and over and over again. Awesome. So going forward, okay. The believer needs a teacher. The believer needs a teacher. Ephesians four eleven talks about. It says, you know, Christ gave you know ministry to men. It says he gave apostles. Um, evangelists, teachers, pastors, prophets, okay? He gave them for the work of ministry. He gave them to, to, to equip the body of Christ, okay? For the work of ministry. So the body of Christ can be fully built up. So the job of the teacher, another fivefold ministry, is to, is, to, is to equip the body of Christ for ministry, okay? So every believer needs a teacher, okay? Every believer needs a teacher. You need to, to, to know your teacher and to genuinely follow your teacher, okay? Now, a pastor ought to be a teacher, okay? Every pastor ought to be a teacher. So, it should either have a teaching gift or at least convert the grace to teach and, and to rightly divide the word of truth. You understand? 
every pastor ought to be a good teacher. So you should either have the teaching you're learning already or be praying, you're converting endlessly, okay? You're learning to teach and to write the Bible of truth. In First Timothy 3 2. First Timothy 3 2. He says that you must be an overseer. You must be able to teach. So to be an overseer, the first requirement, okay? One of the first requirements is to be able to teach, have reputation and all mm-hmm. that. But you must be able to teach. He says verse 32. He says, now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and look at that, able to teach. Why? God knows that the believer needs teachers. Okay? So the overseer, the pastor, ought to be able to teach. That is Second Timothy 2.15. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best. Judge yourself to God as one approved. A worker who doesn't be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So the minister of God, the pastor, you know, the teacher, must be able to, you know, correctly handle the word of truth. Of truth. So the, the ability to teach is very key for the pastor. It's essential, okay? Why? Because, um, you know, the calling to pastor, it ought to come with a reasonable grace for receiving and teaching revelation knowledge. Again, the calling to pastor ought to come with a reasonable grace for receiving and teaching revelation knowledge. It is pretty important going forward. Now, the local church. The local church is the primary source of spiritual formation. The local church is the primary source of spiritual formation. Okay? Um, Paul told the Corinthians, he says, you can have, you know, many instructors, but he says you have one father. Okay? So this, you know, when you have, when, when you have, you know, um, a spiritual father that you primarily learn doctrine from, it gives you direction. But when you are thought that you you put all everyone everybody on the same level, you hear your pastor, hear that one, hear that, hear that one, and you put them all on the same level, you'll be confused, okay? You people say different things, you, you may actually get really confused. It becomes constipation, you know, it's it, it, it your belly, okay? So it's, it's important that the believer, you know, recognize that he might have many instructors, right? But he should have just one spiritual father. So that there's no confusion in your in your spiritual formation. It's important, okay? Is that good? So you can learn from different places, you can learn from different pastors, right? You can learn from them. It's not it's not bad. But even that also, you should not be you should not be scattergun. You just hear anybody. You just hear anyone. It's it it is not um healthy for your for your faith. Okay? It's the way Babies will pick up anything on the floor and eat it. Okay, so the spiritual child just eats from everywhere. Do you understand? Is that good enough? Glory to God. So going forward, awesome. Going forward. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So look at this. So your first instruction takes precedence, takes preeminence over every other instructors. In a, in, a, in, a, in a normal family, right? In a normal family, you know, you can have your sister say this, your brother say this, your your neighbor father said this, right? They all say different things, right? But in a family, your your parents' instruction takes takes more priority over what everyone teaches you. Do you understand? So also, you know, in the in, in the in the in the believers' life in the local church, your your pastor's teaching ought to you know carry more weight for you than what you hear elsewhere. So that you're not confused, okay? So it is it's it is spiritual discipline to have your father's instruction to you know, take more priority over other instructors. This is pretty important, okay? Now way forward, your local church pastor is your spiritual father. It, it is not something to for the pastor to, to to lord over or to to say loosely. But it is it, it is the it is the it is it is true and it helps it helps us to have direction in our in our group, okay? Your local church pastor is your spiritual father. So what should you do? Pray for me. Okay? So I can correctly teach you without distraction and to always correctly teach right the right of truth without distraction and without, you know, um, goofing too much. Okay? Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17 to 18. Your local church pastor 
is your spiritual father. Okay? So you should pray. Pray for your spiritual your spiritual father. Pray for your pastor. Thank you, Lord. Are we there? Are we there? Hebrews 13, 17 to 18. Don't forget, our topic is this, okay? We are doing a, a commentary on Colossians, okay? Commentary on Colossians, okay? So I'm trying to take it bit by bit, line by line, okay? No, no, we're not going to rush it, okay? So we can all get what we're talking about. So, Hebrews 13, 17 to 18. It says, Have confidence in your leaders and what submit to their authority. Have confidence in your leaders and submit the authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. So, as your pastor, right, Paul is saying, whatever Hebrews is saying, you should have confidence in me and submit to me because I keep watch over you as one that will give an account. So, God will ask me about you. I will give an account over those he has put in my hands. Okay? He says, do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So always remember, okay? Remember to, to always make the job easier. Okay? So that so that so that it will be, you know, so that so that the, the man of God, the pastor, so that I am, you know, um less encumbered and able to give proper attention to your welfare and growth in the faith. Okay, so he says, have confidence in us, okay? And submit, okay? Because I keep it over you as one that will give an account. So when you wonder why I'm always you know, on your case, right? It's because I will render an account before God on you. So I have to deliberately give my best for your care. I will render an account over you. So it is not something we are saying loosely or making um, um, empty boasts to, 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 to make you feel like you are fat or something like that. It's not to make you worship us, it's to make you suffer to us. It's because we are going to render an account over your kids, okay? God is going to ask us and we'll tell him what we did with those he has put in our hands. So God will ask me about you. But it says, it says, pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. So it says, pray for us, okay? Pray for us, okay? Yes, yes, we have a clear conscience. And we, we try to live, try to live, you know, honorably in every way. But also, put your pastor in prayer. Put your pastor in prayer. Put your pastor in prayer. Put me in prayer, okay? It is important, okay, so that we can, you know, continually have a clear conscience live honorably and better able to serve you for your growth and progress in the faith. Amen. Okay? Going further. So, now we said from said your pastor is your spiritual father, okay? And is your is your um, primary human agent for, for doctrinal formation. Your pastor is your primary human agent for doctrinal formation. Again, your pastor is your primary human agent for doctrinal formation. You understand? Now, so as believers, right, as a believer, you have an internal knower. You have God's spirit within you that, that teaches you when a teaching is not right. Okay? What do you do? When you feel that from inside that something is not right, no matter who says it, okay, always check with the words, to be sure. Now, it could be your, it could, it could be the other thing telling you it's wrong. It could also be your bias getting in the way. So what do you do? Check scripture. When you're not sure, when you're sure, whatever. Whatever you have thought, always check with scripture to be sure that it is as they say it is. Remember the Bayer scripture in Acts 11, the Bayer scripture. Acts 11 says, they were more noble than everybody else. Why? So you always check to see if what, if what Paul taught them is so. So, always check. Go to 1 John 2. 1 John 2. From verse 18 to 27. 1 John 2. From verse 18 to 27. 1 John 2. Yep. 
first John two from verse eighteen twenty seven. Are we there? Let us say Amen, Amen, blessings and glory. <laughs> okay, first John two from verse eighteen. It says, Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. 19. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But they are going to show that none of them belong to us. 20. But you have an anointing from the only one, for the only one. And all of you know the truth. I do not write the question, you know the truth. But because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth, says, I do not write to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it, okay? And because no lie comes from the truth. 22. Who is the liar? It's whoever denies that Jesus, Christ, that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. 23. No one who denies the Son as the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son as the Father also. 24. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what He promised us. Eternal life. 26. I'm writing this to you. To you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Look at that. 26 says, I'm writing this to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. 27. As for you, they are not you received from Him remains in you and you don't need anyone to teach you but as the nation teaches you about all things and nothing is real no counterfeit just as that taught you remain in him that is the point he's saying that uh, that they are false doctrines they are false preachers they are you know some of them are even as far as bible concerns is concerned as the christ because they deny the son okay so he's saying this right that you don't need to come and tell you every time that guy is false, that one is false, that one is wrong. He's saying that in your heart, in your spirit, you will just know something that ah, this thing that we don't saw it is not true. You will just know in one way from your heart, just know from your heart by the way it goes that what person is saying, no, it doesn't feel too right. So he's saying that every believer has in his heart, you know, the anointing to discern false doctrine. So he's saying that we don't just want to teach you every time and say, ah. And tell you one by one, that man is false, that one is false. But then you will just know in your heart, okay, when someone points to use what is false, what should you do? Go and confirm from scripture if what anybody teaches you is so or not. You have in you an internal knower, the Holy Ghost, to guide you into all truth and guide you off error. What do you do? You to the Holy Ghost and always do your own search. Amen. Glory to God. Okay? Going further. Colossians 1 9. Colossians 1 9. Colossians 1 9. Are we learning? Verse 9 says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you. With the knowledge of his will, through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God. Look at that. It is being strengthened with all power. According to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. What's he saying here? 
So first things first, okay? We have not stopped praying for you. Now, believers, new or old, we grow by the word and prayer. In First Peter 2, 2, that as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So, the believer grows by the word and also by prayer. So, we, we should pray as believers. Prayer to know more of Jesus. Okay? To, to, we are praying to, 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 to grow in knowing Him. Because the more we know Him, you know, the more we know the things we have inherited in Him. The more we know His nature, the more we are able to understand, you know, and trust Him through difficult things and questions. So, we have to sincerely pray to, to, to know Him. Okay? To, to, to just to know Him deeply. To have a heartfelt personal knowledge of God. Something deeper than what anyone could ever tell you. Okay? Just that, that you know, that, that, that internal relationship that, 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 that can't be explained, but something deeper that just what you just know and know and know in your heart that you know the Lord. Okay? That's one. And you, you're so pressed to know Him by His Word. Okay? So just to have a deeper understanding of God's Word. Okay? So we pray for the knowledge of God. To know who we are and what we have in it. Anything we must pray these prayers as believers. Okay, we also pray to be strengthened with might, to be fortified, so that we are strong and patient, and we can endure when things are looking hard. So pray for strength in advance. Amen. Pray for strength before you need strength. Don't wait till you're in trouble before you pray for strength, okay? Spend time being built up in the Holy Ghost as you pray. You are praying and securing strength for the day of trouble. Do you understand? So he says pray for strength so that you can be fortified, okay? So that you can be strong and patient and endure and persevere when things don't look as they should look. Um, in our work of faith, there will there will be trying times, okay? There will, there will be challenges. There will be things that they try, they try to push you off course, okay? But we must pray for We must pray and stand strong. Pray for strength and stand strong. Pray for strength and stand strong, okay? Prayer, you know, we should also spend time in prayer in tongues so that we can be built up in the faith. Jude 20, dearly beloved, build up yourself in your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. So, must, you know, devote time. Devote time to praying in the Holy Ghost. This is how the believer grows. Time spent praying in the Holy Ghost. That we must devote to prayer. Be devoted to prayer. We, we must be given to prayer. Okay, so we must deliberately cultivate times, you know, given to extended prayer. So, we pray this prayer for ourselves. And other believers, those who are young, growing, or struggling in their faith, must extend this prayer to them. We pray for them that they get to know God more and more. That they get to know God more and more. Beyond the questions, beyond the challenges, beyond the hard times, beyond the difficulties, you know, beyond the pressure and the anxieties, that we all get to know God deeper. That as much for God, God grows deeper than every issue we face. Okay? That they grow strong in knowing God. We also pray for them to be strengthened with all might. So that when the wind blows, they are strong. So they are also strong for ministry. They are strong to get the job done. Why? We you know there was always challenges there will be things that try to get in our way. We must stand strong, okay? Stand strong. Okay, so we must pray these prayers for ourselves, for family members. For 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 believers, for other believers, you know, to that are young, growing or struggling in the faith. Verse twelve, Colossians one twelve, Colossians one twelve. He says, and giving joyful thanks to the Father. Giving joyful thanks to the Father. So must also as part part of being, you know, giving to prayer must also be given to, you know, joyful thanks. Giving joyful thanks to the Father. Cultivate an attitude of thanksgiving. Okay? Now, number one, it says, we give 
joyful thanks to the Father. Now, circle the Father name. We call him Father. We call him Daddy. The whole world might call him God, but to us, he is Daddy. He is Abba. We, have a, we know him personally. We know him personally. We know him intimately. Paul says that by his spirit, we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, not just Father, but my personal Father. My intimate person. My personal person. You know when a father and a son or a daughter are very close, are very intimate. It now goes beyond just daddy. It goes to Abba Father, as in my personal daddy, my bestie daddy. It's awesome. So God wants you to call him daddy, to treat him like father, not just some big man up there, right? Not just some God, some fiery God, but your personal father. Your the one you can walk in on at any time. You know, there's this video, you know, of a press of a press interview of, of this of this president of this official. Now, while he was having this press interview, official interview was live on TV. He not walked in to come and play with him. Look at that. Why? Relationship. Okay. The child does not know that he is busy. The child just says, "I want to see my daddy. My daddy must hear me now." So also we must be before God, okay, as his dearly beloved children, okay. God is never too busy for me. He's never far away from me. All I need to do is just chat him up, okay, talk with him. He's always ready. You don't need to, you don't need to feel a form to talk to God, okay. God is always available to us as his dear children, okay, that's one. Now he says, we give him joyful thanks. How? We just, we just thank him. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory. Oh, you are so faithful. Oh, you are so kind. Oh, you are so awesome. You are so sweet. I mean, we deliberately practice giving God joyful thanks. Even when we don't feel like it. Why? Because we are believers, okay? Joy is a part of our repeated spirit. The born again believer has joy on his inside. So it's not about how I feel or not. I have joy. What do you do? So what one begins to rejoice? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. So we can begin to rejoice even when we don't feel the joy. What do you do? We give joyful thanks. As we do so, the joy within begins to rise and is felt in our emotions. Okay, so cultivate a habit of joyful thanks. What do you do? Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your love. Oh, you are awesome. Woo, glory. Glory to God. See, see, see. Practice this, okay? Now, there are times when there are issues to get you down. There are things to annoy you. There are things not working. Everything else looks like you yourself like that. What do you do? You don't feel like rejoice. What do you do? Force out the joy. If you can't scream it, glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah! Glory! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, you can practice screaming silently so that you are screaming, eh? But no one can hear you. Yeah, this glory to God! So you are screaming, you know, but no one can hear you. What are you doing? You are forcing out the joy on the inside out. What do you do? So you can begin to practice forcing out joy from the in of you outwards, so you can so you can tell yourself how to feel. Glory. So when they ask you how do you feel, you have a, a one answer. I feel great. Why? You can tell yourself how to feel. Do you understand? You must tell your emotions how they should feel. You are in control. Okay. So you can live. In a moment of joy. Why? There is joy within you. You can practice pushing out the joy. I've tried and it works. I just go, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay? And joy begins to rise over my emotions. Okay? Try this every time. Use it to beat every emotion. To beat anxiety. Beat every emotion, okay? With this, okay? 
Just let the job within you rise. Give thanks to God. Why? He has saved you. He has you. You know, he cares about you. Number five, that verse number twelve says, giving joyful thanks to God. Okay, um, our Father, to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the in the end of His holy people in the kingdom of light. Awesome. He has qualified us to share in inheritance, you know, of the Son in the kingdom of light. For the things that has rescued us from the end of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, this chapter 12, 13 and 14. They described, you know, a, a popular Roman scenario. Adoption. Adoption. I will explain. So, in Roman adoption, right, the, 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 the child being adopted, right, becomes in every essence, look at it, follow me, a brand new person that it works now in roman culture the roman father okay has full control over his children full control full control before a roman father a child doesn't ever become a man in his eyes that child in his eyes in roman culture that child no matter what is still his child okay so that no matter what happens he controls his sons absolutely he has full control over his children so this makes it more interesting when that child is being you know taking things over by any family when the child is being adopted to any family it means that the child goes from being controlled fully by one father to being fully controlled by another father follow me so how it works is this awesome the um the, the parent adopting the child almost like buys off the child from previous parents. He pays for the child as in, with copper and copper, you know, and the measure the, the measure it over scale. He buys off the child from his previous father. Buys off his liabilities, whatever he owes, he buys it off totally. So that okay, he buys he, the child ceases to become every in every way the child of his former parents. And becomes the child of these new parents. Okay? After paying for the child, he goes before a what they call a praetor, you know, a Roman magistrate, okay? And they you know they do the legal case, you know, and it, it is once it's once it's done, it is finalized. The child becomes like a brand new person. Whatever right he held before is gone. Whatever he owed before is gone. So all his previous debts and abilities are fully gone. So he's like a brand new person. Look at that. I said before that in the Roman culture, the father of the child, of the son, of the man, has full control over him. So this is what happens. When we became saved, Christ purchased us in adoption. He paid Every legal bill. It's a fully legal situation. He paid for the full legality. Paid the price. Okay? To take us from being in the control and domain of Satan. Glory to God. He paid the price fully. So that now we are translated into the kingdom of his dear son. We are taking off from the domain of Satan, right now into the kingdom of Jesus. So right now, we have gone from being controlled by the devil, from being in his kingdom, from being where sin, affliction, sickness, you know, um, everything lies. We have now been translated into the kingdom of the Son, of righteousness, of peace, of joy in the Holy Ghost, of, of divine health and healing, right? So we have gone from the from 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 you know our old family into a new one and in that new one because we are legally legally as children we have the full 
right of sonship. We have the full right of sonship in Christ. We have full access to inherit everything, you know, as normal children would have in the family. Do we understand? Do we understand? Okay? So, all our legal deaths were cancelled. They were wiped out as though they had never been. We got saved and entered into a brand new life with which the past has nothing to do. In the eyes of the Lord, that other person is literally and absolutely the son of his new father, totally brand new. Every bill paid, every debt he paid, you know, every debt owed is paid. So, if, for example, before adoption, he was owing the bank, he was owing people, you know, five million, whatever. Once he had his new family, all his debts were considered settled. So, at that point, he owes nobody nothing. He is a brand new person. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? He is a new creation. All things have passed away, and beyond all things have now become new. So, Paul was using this scenario to describe the believer in Christ. Now, when we got saved, we were taking off Satan's dominion. You know, his family, his, his heritage. We have now become sons of God. And look at this. The other child did nothing to earn it. Did nothing to deserve it. It is, you know, the mercy and love of the father adopting to take the lost, the helpless, the poverty stricken, you know, the death laden sinner and adopting into his own family so that all his debts are cancelled. Do you understand? This is what Christ has done for us. Now we say in Romans 8, Romans 8, 17, Romans 8, 15 to 17. Are we following? Is it clear? Romans 8, 15 to 17. Are we following? Good, clear? Clear, clear so far? Romans 8, 15 to 17. Let's go there. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption of sonship. The spirit you received brought about your adoption of sonship. And by him, by that spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself, the fact that spirit, that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. We are heirs of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, when he died, we died. So we also shared in his sufferings. And when we rose up, we rose up with him. So we also share in his glory. It's not about what we will do. It's about what Christ has done. So Christ paid the full bill for our adoption as sons. We are now fully as you know, in every legal way, full rights as sons of God. And we can boldly cry out to God, have a father. Have a father. So when we are in a fix, have a father. You know, calling out to God that, dear daddy, see me your child. Help out. So no matter how you feel, what you go through, what the issues are, have a father. Have a father. So it said also that the child is adopted. All his legal bills are paid off. And so, also for us, as sons of God, all our bills, you know, all our, the price for sin has been taken off us. That's why he says, in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So all our sins have been fully forgiven. See, our sins of the past, present, and future have been taken care of by the cross. 
Awesome. So all our basis has been fully paid. You owe the devil nothing. You owe sickness nothing. You owe affliction nothing. So you must insist on your rights. I'm a free man in Christ. I'm a free man in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. I have a new family now. In his family, no sickness. In his family, no, no poverty. We are rich here. In his family, no, we, we, don't, we don't live in sin here. We are righteous. In his family, we don't live in a natural to sin. In his family, we, are, we live righteousness. In his family, we are righteous. We are holy. You know, begin to um, cultivate living living like who you are right now in Christ, okay? Living up to your new name in Christ. You are now a child of God. You belong to a new family now. Is that good? Glory to God. So, make a, you know, make, make your boat in your new family. Like right now, I'm a child of God. All my bills are paid. Oh, glory to God. All my, all, every legal bill against me has been paid. Christ took care of the bill. He paid the price for me. He paid the price in full so that I can live a brand new life. Glory to God. So you owe the devil nothing. You owe sin. Not no sin is strong enough to hold you down. Why? You have been given a brand new life. So cultivate living this brand new life. Amen. Glory to God. Is that awesome? Do you have any questions? Do you have a question? Glory to God. Glory to God. Any question? Any question? Any question? Any question? Thank you. Just, 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 give, just give God thanks. Just thank Him. Just give God thanks. Just give Him thanks. Give Him thanks. Thank you for His word. Thank you for His word. Thank you for the brand new life you have in Christ. Thank you because you are, you are a full, you know, you have full right as His children. Full right as sons of God. Full right as sons of God. Just thank Him. Give Him all the praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you because I'm a child of God. I'm not a slave to fear or to defeat. I'm not a slave to sin. Because of what Christ has done, I'm a child of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ. Oh, I'm a joint heir with Christ. I've inherited in Christ, but so ever Christ also inherited. I have the exact same inheritance in Christ. Whatever Christ inherited, I also inherited. What a privilege of God to, to, to have the right of sonship, to share in your inheritance. You know, this inheritance is so vast. It, 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 it's so vast that only you can limit it, okay? It's so vast. Only you can limit it, okay? It's so vast. All things are yours. All things are yours. He has given us as a strength every authority. We can decree and it comes to pass. This is our right as sons. And we thank God for giving thanks for Lord, we thank you. Because we are sons of God. Because we are joint heirs with Christ. Because we are in entering you great and awesome promises of God. We thank you. We give you all the praise. I'm a child of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Hey, hope you were blessed by the sermon. Feel free to visit our website www.thisgreenchurch.org for more info. God bless you.